Welcome to Gain That Tune. going on everybody thanks for tuning back in to game that tune it's the internet's only video game music guessing game show and it's your boy john harrington here we got john regan with us say hey hey and we got jesse moore say hey hey and we got david fleming say hey hey Oh yeah, guys. So uh, yeah, this is Game That Tune. What we do around here is we listen to video game music. We've each brought three songs from a game. We try and guess the games based on the songs and a little bit of trivia. We goof off. We have a lot of fun. Uh, the winner at the end of the night gets to pick a theme for the next episode and play some bonus tunes. And last week's winner was the illustrious Jesse Moore. So Jesse, tell them what the theme is for tonight's episode. Tonight's theme are games based on television shows. So as long as it's been on TV, we can use it. Yes. So, you know, it's, uh, it's a theme we've used before uh, to varying degrees of success. <laughs> there have been... Uh, have there been any truly great games based on TV shows? I'm not sure if there are, but man, there's some fun ones. <laughs> like... <laughs> Yeah, and I think uh, I think we'll answer that question tonight. Maybe tonight we've truly found the only, uh, or like the first great games based on TV shows. Or maybe it's going to be another episode with American Idol or Home Improvement Power Tool Pursuit. Oh God, I you hope. never know what you're getting when it's game that TV. So, <laughs> I was going to um, say spoiler warning for my game. No, no, we are not. Yeah, we have not found the greatest game. <laughs> not surprising at all. Uh, yeah, actually, spoilers, you know, I'm going to go ahead and make the prediction for the end of the show. No, we still haven't found the great ones. <laughs> so uh, I think, though, that we've got some great tunes. We've got a great fan request tonight, and we're just going to have some fun. So, uh, Johnny, I think we got to flip it on, man. What's on Channel 1? <laughs> Game. Ah. <laughs>
All right. So, other characters from the show appear at certain points in the game to give you items, including vice grips, TNT, a whip, a noose, potions, and one character can be summoned to wipe out every enemy on the screen. So, how's everybody feeling after that? Okay. Fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Man, I hope that everybody gets it wrong, because I have a special sound for that. So let's see it. Oh, what do you know? <laughs> John Regan says, Milo and Otis. That's a movie. That was a movie, not a TV show. You're <laughs> out of your mind. Uh, Jesse and David both get it correct. It's Fester's Quest. <laughs> nice. Yep. So, man... What a can game. You play the, can you play the special sound because John got it wrong? Yeah, Johnny, game over yourself. Let's hear it. <laughs> yeah, I have no idea what that last sound is, but I like it. <laughs> I know that that last sound needs to get added to the soundboard. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to need to play this game and get a game over just to find out what that means. Um, but yeah, and apparently that wouldn't be too hard to do because this is Fester's Quest, and this is apparently one of the hardest video games ever made. Um, and apparently it's mainly hard because the guys who were making it didn't feel like putting a lot of effort into it. Uh, <laughs> did any of you guys play Fester's Quest? <laughs> I've not. heard legend tell of it, but I have not played it myself. <laughs> exactly. I think everybody just kind of knows this game on reputation, and now these days with the internet and people just looking back at it, everybody's aware that this was a slap-together game. Uh, for some reason, they decided it was a good idea to make a fucking Fester's Quest, an Adam's Family game. This, I mean, and just, let's see. Isn't it, see, isn't what's, it like uh, a what's an existing game? shooter? Yes, they took an existing uh, game architecture. This this game runs on the Blaster Master top-down shooter engine, and the guys at Sunsoft just slapped Fester into it, gave him a gun, and were like, um, "Yeah, let's let's go with that." Like, <laughs> and uh, yeah, the uh, the results are interesting. Um, it's m mostly legendarily hard because they forgot to program in like 
checkpoints or a password system or like continues. Um, so when you die, you go all the way back to the very beginning of the game every single time. Like nice. That's yeah. my kind of game, honestly. <laughs> Not nice. That's awful. Like I think it's I think it said you retain your items and stuff like that, but like. Uh, it you know you you go back to the beginning every time. Um, apparently, it's very hard because you have to actually like level up your weapons. Oh my um, god! This has me written all over it. So yeah, you gotta like grind levels on you know these enemies, and then like I don't remember if you keep the weapon levels at the whenever you die. I think you do, but it's like it's just like imagine just like starting back at the very beginning of an 8-bit game every single time you get a game over like it's just no that that's a that's a nightmare and then apparently the bosses are these giant like uh, screen filling aliens that you have to fight and they're really hard i mean like i don't know this uh exactly the adams family was all about giant screen filling aliens they fought one every week um the main thing that confused me about this is the fact that it really even exists because this i was like oh yeah fester's quest that came out like uh around the time of the movie and then i'm like wait no this predates the fucking 1991 adams family movie so this is not based on the 1991 adams family movie this is based either on the 1964 television series or possibly the 1973 animated series either way no <laughs> like that didn't need to be made at all like <laughs> Who was crying out for a freaking Adams Family game starring Uncle Fester? <laughs> I'm sorry, you said 91. Because uh, I remember no, this was 89. The Adams Family, okay. m- the Adams Family movie that we like with Raul Julia, was 91, and then they came out with a cartoon show again from like the same people that made Beetlejuice cartoons in 92. Okay, so 89. I'm thinking back to 1989. I had my NES, I had my Ninja Turtles action figures. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I wanted a game based on the Addams Family. Yes. You know, as a three-year-old, that was definitely on my radar. <laughs> I, I just can't imagine. the monsters anyways. Yeah, man, that's the thing. Oh, you know, they could have made Johnny, this... Johnny, hit the hot take button, please. Oh. <laughs> hot take. I mean, the Munsters was the superior show. It would have been pretty great if they had done an Adams Family versus Monsters crossover game somehow, like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. uh, like the Jetsons beat the Flintstones, but it's the Adams Family and the Monsters having to like team up and or fight each other. Adams Family versus Monsters Battle Royale. Yeah. <laughs> uh, think of it like Robocop no, versus the Terminator, but it's just <laughs> the Adams Family fighting the Monsters. See. Mm. I like how you say, like, they have to team up together or fight each other. Like, no, you don't know how these crossovers work. First they meet, they have a misunderstanding, and they fight. Then they realize there's a greater threat and have to band together. That's how this shit works. And that's where the giant screen-filling alien bosses come into it. (laughs) Just picture wailing on a boss as Uncle Fester with a fucking blunderbuss, and then as uh, Fred Gwynn from the Munsters, just, you know, brawling on him. Yeah, but the Munsters could just release their dragon from underneath the stairs. Easy peasy. Yeah, that's true. Or their vampire grandpa or whatever could just suck the life out of all. Yeah, grandpa could just suck the life out of every enemy, which would be pretty I think great we figured too. it out. It's it's the Adams Family meets the Munsters meets the Outer Limits. Done. Mm-hmm. I like it. You know, I'd be hey. into it. 
Do you think Fang would be good at hand jobs? Hmm. <laughs> I, I feel like. <laughs> you know, it's Game either, two. Yeah, Game one of two, two. things. <laughs> yeah, it, it's either the greatest or it has no leverage and just cannot perform. Um, <laughs> and with that in mind, uh, I'm going to thank the requester and never talk about this again. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so this uh, this request uh, came to us from a fellow nerdy podcast, the No Time for Time Travel Podcast at NTFTT Pod on Twitter. Thank you, as always, for the requests. And yeah, Fester's Quest, um, an impossibly hard game that is uh, not worth revisiting. So I'm guessing that means it's going to show up on the Switch NES online service here in a couple of months. So we'll Hell just yeah. uh, we'll just see how that goes with online multiplayer. <laughs> now that. Now, now you're talking. Like, if they can have some two-player drop-in action, and you could control two different colors of Uncle Fester, <laughs> uh, that'd be pretty great. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, but you hopefully, know, this honestly, never comes you sold, back. You sold this game to me the second you said Uncle Fester with the gun. <laughs> so, I, mean, I, think you, I think we can all look forward to Johnny streaming Fester's Quest at some point very soon on youtube.com slash game that tune. It's going to be fantastic. Like, Johnny's going to take part. his whole Sunday to try to accomplish like anything in Fester's Quest. It's going to be great. The best part is when you get the electric gun power-up and he puts the light bulb in his mouth and it lights up. Uh, apparently that's one of the objects of the game is like you have to collect light bulbs to power up your weapons so you're not far off base this was clearly a labor of love and Damn. simultaneously <laughs> a like complete slap together bullshit game so uh, we'll for just see a, all that for such a half ass game that's a deep cut like kudos to them <laughs> Kudos to whoever the person was at Sunsoft who had seen the Adams family. It's like, no, 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 he doesn't collect coins. He collects light bulbs and he puts them in his mouth. Duh. <laughs> and also, kudos to the composer, uh, you know, Captain Sunsoft, Naoki Kodaka, classic soundtrack uh, yeah, for a dope. game that didn't need one. So, uh, you know, anyway, uh, interesting game, great tunes. And, you know, let's just, uh, let's move on to game two and never speak of Fester's Quest ever again. Game two.
So, this game was released for the NES, the Super NES, the Sega Genesis, the Amiga, the Atari ST, and DOS. The NES version, which the music comes from, varies greatly from all other versions, as well as the original show, in that all of the events were turned into side-scrolling and overhead mini-levels. trivia one more time yeah um assuming that i had the trivia written down this game was released for the nes the super nes the sega genesis the amiga atari st and dos the nes version that this music came from varies greatly from all others as all of the events are changed into side scrolling and overhead mini levels And I will say again, I'm so glad you picked this game, because uh, I may have been on the verge of picking this same game. I was so worried somebody else did. So, Jesse Moore says Family Matters, sadly incorrect. John Regan and John Harrington have the correct answer of American Gladiators. This fucking Hell, yeah. game. I love it. <laughs> I hate it. Oh no! I've I've never played the game. Fuck fucking oh. NES version of American Gladiators. Yeah, it's <laughs> but, it's about as good as you would imagine it. With the caveat of it's titled the NES version of American Gladiators. Exactly. Oh, okay. God. So back in college, I had a Dreamcast, and I had an NES emulator on my Dream, you know, for the Dreamcast. <laughs> bunch of ROMs on it. Uh, my friends Chris and Keith Rover were playing it. We saw American Gladiators. We tried it out. We spent hours just beating the first set of courses in it because if i remember this right there's like four like mini games and we beat we finally beat them and they're so fucking hard and we did it we we're so excited only to find out that that was just like round one <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah so um, and we got so you, angry you base- that uh chris just no keith just popped the dreamcast open took the disc went outside just broke it right in half <laughs> like Oh, that's a response. <laughs> it was a different time. So, um, yeah, it's it, based on obviously the TV show American Gladiators, which I loved the hell out of as a kid. Like when I was a kid and I was home from school sick, my day was based around The Price Is Right and American Gladiators. Shit, yeah, um, man, not a bad day. And 
So it, it's break, it breaks down into, I think, four or five events, and you play through those. If you beat them all, then you get to the second level, and I believe there's a third level, and then you can go to the Eliminator, which I have not done myself, but I have seen videos of, and the Eliminator is already the game is like NES hard. Yeah. When you get to the Eliminator, the game just basically says, all right, fuck you. How could they possibly make the eliminator on an nes <laughs> like the eliminator is it's such like, a like diver- it's like a great obstacle course <laughs> and it makes no sense the only way they would be able to do it for the nes is just you're tapping buttons over and over again to do everything like it makes no sense putting the eliminator into into this game like <laughs> it's it's like an nes side scrolling platform challenge but mm. there are just like constant waves of random enemies spawning to knock you off uh, just it's, like in america Basically that impossible. Matters. Yeah. Because, <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the Eliminator, uh, I, I, you know, I'm trying to think back all the way back. Like, the original Eliminator, I think, it, you had to run up an incline with a reverse treadmill going. Uh, and then once you got up past that, you had to go across a balance beam while the gladiators slung medicine balls at you. Uh, it definitely, at some point, you had to grab a hand bike and crank it with your hands across a pit. You had to climb a giant cargo net, like swing. a cargo net, like after that, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like none of this makes sense for the NES. <laughs> All of it would just be like, like, how could you possibly make it worth playing? <laughs> well, I remember because I, I definitely rented this game a lot as a kid. Because again, like American Gladiators, that was my jam when I was a kid. Dude, I and fucking love it. <laughs> playing like, because the mini games, there's there's Cannonball, there's the Wall, there's Powerball, there's Assault, and there's... I think there's one more, but I don't remember what is it is. Is it the Atlaspheres? Because I love the Atlaspheres. <laughs> oh, it's Joust. That's what okay, it is. Yeah. It's Joust. Um, and I definitely remember, like, going through, and I could never clear the wall. Like, because you have to alternate A and B to, like, climb up the wall, and I could just never do it. It was impossible. So as I was, like, researching, going back and watching, like, a Let's Play to refresh my memory and everything, and somebody was like, oh, yeah, the wall. This is a pretty easy one. What is this guy talking about? He's so (laughs) full of shit. It's like, yeah, you just hold your controller down, and instead of, like, you you take your fingers, put them on the A and B button, and just alternate super fast. how did I never think of that as a kid? Yeah, you, oh you, my god! You gotta manipulate the controller so in different easier. ways. <laughs> it can't just be a thumb sliding thing. You gotta you gotta use all, everything to uh, you know to its full I mean, uh, I, potential. I'm not gonna lie. The concept of using not my thumbs didn't hit me until I think Nintendo 64 and like the Mario Party series, <laughs> uh, specifically that Mario Party 2, the one where you wind up the shy guy with a propeller on him. That's when I realized, oh, like, yeah. oh my god, it's way easier to mash A and B with my two fingers here yeah. than mash with my thumb. Oh my, whoa, I can do this way faster this way. And it's way easier to rotate that stick if you put your palm or your hand down on it and just do it that way. It won't hurt you at all. <laughs> it's way easier uh, to blister your hand if you use yeah. the palm. Uh, yeah, I had a, a friend of my brother's always held all of his controllers, like, in some weird way. He would hold it, like, up against his chest and, like, kind of tap it. It looked like he was playing, like, a fucking ocarina or something. And he was very good at games. I'm just like, Ralph, what are you doing, man? He's like, yeah, yeah, works for me. <laughs> like, Nothing. 
just whooping your ass. Yeah, exactly. Like, he'd be like playing Super Smash Brothers and just like sitting there, like you know, holding it. You know, just it's like, oh, what the fuck? How does that? How does that like make it to your brain? You you can't look down at your controller when you're holding it like that. But uh, but yeah, man. Um, yeah, I mean, can we just talk about American Gladiators for a while now? Because I fucking loved that show. I never played any of these. I was gonna games, say that's. But that's part of why I chose this is because the game. There's not much to say otherwise. That's like it's a licensed Nintendo hard game. Couple of mini games. Yep. They're kind of. Some of them are fun to play. Some of them are really not. They have like when you choose one, they have like a pixelated cutout of one of the gladiators challenge you, which I mm. thought was kind of cool. But mostly, I picked this so we could just bullshit about the show yeah. because fucking a American gladiators. <laughs> it's so good, man. I mean, like, who's your favorite gladiator? I feel like we need to go around the horn and name some fucking gladiators real quick. <laughs> God, what's her name? Was it Diamond? There was definitely one I named Diamond. Was... Maybe not in the original yeah. season. Um, yeah. I, I definitely remember, like, a very cut blonde woman with, like, a pixie cut. Um, and I, I want to say it was Diamond. Yeah, I was going to say, that might be describing Lace. It was, the, you know, the naming conventions... Okay, that could be it. The naming conventions on American Gladiators were very odd, because it's like, the, you know, like, after the first season, all the men just had, like, fucking manly-ass names, but the women were still getting names like Lace and Sunny, and it's just like... Yeah. Oh no, I mis I was mistaken. There was a diamond, but she wasn't in um the white leotard. She was in like a white and blue kind of like sports bra top with a big red <laughs> star in the center of it. Nice. Johnny, who's your favorite American gladiator, man? Um, I'm guessing that there must have been one named like Blade. Yes. Alright. Yeah, they're absolutely <laughs> Or wait, it might not have been Blade, it might have been Blaze. Because there was the other way. They definitely made the uh like the, the remember Dodgeball, the movie with Ben Stiller. They definitely oh, yeah. at one point during like a Gladiators intro, it's like, and here they are, Blaze, Laser, Blazer, Laser. <laughs> like, oh come on, writers' room, you gotta come up with some different names. <laughs> like, but uh, yeah, man. I'm, no, they uh, don't. <laughs> you know, Nitro was always the shit. Uh, there eventually was this giant guy named Tower, which was really funny. Uh, eventually, I, and then it went away for a long time, and man, I remember back when they rebooted this in 2008, I got so goddamn pumped about that, because it'd been like, you know, it, it went off the air in 96, and then they brought it back in 2008, and I'm just like, oh, I forgot how much I fucking miss American Gladiators, like, I need this back in my life, <laughs> it's just, oh, it's so good. Uh, yeah, we I'm trying some... to remember... We there was got some there was a pretty interesting TV during that 2008 writer strike. Oh yeah, that's yeah. why it happened. I forgot that's that why it happened. That replaced The Office. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they brought back American Gladiators because they had to take The Office off. It was great. Um, looking down the uh, 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 video game trivia question for you relating to American Gladiators. Can you name the two gladiators that appeared in Mortal Kombat Annihilation? <laughs> Nitro. No. Yeah, and Sonya Blade. No, I don't think Electra was uh, was one of them. I mean, I could be <laughs> wrong. She might have been like Jade or something. Um, I'm gonna go with Malibu. Yes, fucking Malibu <laughs> was eventually. You know, years later, Malibu became Motaro for the Mortal Kombat Annihilation movie, and that was awesome. And uh, the other one was Saber, and he played Jax. Mm. <laughs> 
and on Wikipedia, the actor's name is Lynn Williams, and the link to his name goes straight to the page for Mortal Kombat Annihilation. So, oh, nice. he is uh, really something. Uh, but, uh, yeah, American Gladiators fucking ruled. They, uh, quite frankly, I think they need to bring it back. If I, if I wasn't so sure that this was dangerous for everyone involved, like, I would say they need to bring this back, like, in a fucking heartbeat. Like, it's just <laughs> such a good show. And such a bad game, so. It's, I was gonna say, it's such a good show in the worst possible way. Yeah, oh, just, you know, it got me as a kid, and then, you know, like I said, when it came back, it's like, oh, yeah! Like, I remember watching somebody posted some clip on like Facebook or whatever of like American Ninja and everything and I was watching it was like this is American Gladiators but all they did was cut the budget for people throwing shit at them exactly nobody's hitting back on the obstacle course that's the only (laughs) thing you know like American Ninja Warrior should do a crossover with American Gladiators and we'll see how well you do gripping a giant like thing and swinging across a chasm when fucking Nitro's there slinging medicine balls at you like I don't want a ninja warrior. I want an American gladiator. <laughs> like, yeah. and, you know, we'll take a little something from the 2008 series. Yes, Hulk Hogan can be the host of it. He was fantastic. He calls everyone brother. Was he really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. <laughs> the, two, oh, the, the 2008 American gladiator, Gladiators was the kind of thing that can only come out of a writer's strike. <laughs> it was so good. And, I mean, uh,. At least one person from that went on to have some success. Uh, Gina Carano, she was Crush, and then she was like a pretty decent MMA fighter, and oh, she made a couple of movies. I forgot she started there. Yeah. yeah. Gina Carano's awesome. She is. And, uh, yeah, that's it. So, you know, the success stories of the 2008 American Gladiators, Gina Carano and Hulk Hogan before all that weird racism sex tape stuff. So, you know, it was good, man. <laughs> I, like, I like how the 2008 American Gladiators... <laughs> That's what made Hulk Hogan a star. Yeah. It put him over the top, man. <laughs> anyway, American Gladiators fucking rules. Great pick, David. Um, anything else? No. Uh, stay tuned for our Patreon exclusive post show talking American Gladiators, uh, the other GTT Gladiators. That, that would too. sound awesome. So uh, you know, we'll uh, we'll get that going. Uh, just get over to Patreon, pay us to do it. Somebody would pay for that, I assume. Um, but Johnny, let's uh, let's keep it going, man. All right. Game three.
All right. So this game is the... Uh, oh, crap. Where, where is the number I'm looking for here? Oh, it was the fourth game in the franchise series. Um, it starts with four playable characters and has 20 unlockable characters, uh, including characters such as Psycho Patient, Faith, Zombie Soldier, Chains with a Z, uh, Gorilla, I'm sorry, Zombie Gorilla, and Joss Whedon. <laughs> John says Serenity, which is incorrect. David and Jesse say Buffy the Vampire Slayer. They didn't include the subtitle on this one, but I'll I'll give it to them. Oh, I'm so fucking sorry. The game. No. He said it was the fourth game. This is Buffy the Vampire Slayer Chaos Bleeds. Released for the PlayStation 2, Xbox, and GameCube. God, how many of these did they make? And why haven't I played more of them? Yeah, so, it, you know, in your face, David, I'm going to take away your point, Mr. The Game. Uh, yeah, there Boom. are numerous Buffy the Vampire Slayer games, and I'm sure they are all worthwhile. So, mm. I believe this is the only one, though, where you can play as Joss Whedon. That's, you know, that's, you know, that's, that's pretty awesome. That's interesting. That's interesting. <laughs> did he do that? Did he or did do someone that? Else or do did that someone else behalf? do that on his behalf? <laughs> you know, that's a good question. <laughs> yeah. That's a I very just good. Sneaking into the game studio and I'm like, I'll put myself in the game. <laughs> <laughs> See, David Boreanaz? No, he can go away. Joss <laughs> Whedon. That's me. All right, um, ready to get the game. Hey, who's this extra character in here? Oh crap! We can't remove him now. Yeah, it's all packaged up, son of a bitch. Where, where um, are you? DVDs. Man, so, uh, raise your hand if you have nothing to say about Buffy the Vampire Slayer, unfortunately. Um, I've seen a cool. few episodes. Okay. I've seen a, a none of them. This is David's time to shine. This show is actually <laughs> pretty fucking awesome. The show or the game? Because I like Bleeding Chaos. I believe it, I said you know. this show... Well, yeah, I heard that, but I just want to know how you feel about I, bleeding, I, ca- you know, chaos bleeds I, the game. I, I agree. I, game on tune is awesome. <laughs> yeah. I, I like how you said, I was like, I was like, this show is awesome. Are you talking about the show or the game? I said this show. Well, yeah, I heard that. Well, then why did you fucking ask? So anyways, yeah. fun side note I was, I was looking up to about this game is, um, that was David's time to show. This, uh, 
you know, this was released on GameCube, PS2, and <laughs> Xbox. And the PS2 outsold the GameCube version like six to one. It was absolutely no bananas. way. Well, that's because the PS2 outsold the GameCube six to one. <laughs> yeah. Like the, the GameCube version of this game sold about thirty thousand copies, and PS2 is like one hundred eighty thousand copies. <laughs> So it was a hit, is what you're saying. It was a certified platinum hit. Mm-hmm. Uh, a game that everybody knows and cares about. Johnny, you, you you selected this game. You have to break it down for us and tell us what the hell it's about. Besides uh, mid-2000s fonts on the cover. I need to know something more than that. So, well, what do you got? It takes place, I believe, during the fifth season of the show. Um which is when Buffy is dealing with fighting the, the first, and the first are basically like the OG vampires. Uh, uh, like, all vampires are descended from the first kind of vampire. They don't respond to the same thing vampires, you know, care about. Like, if I remember the show right, I don't think the first give a shit about light or garlic or any of that kind of shit. They just, you know, run mm. around. They're, they're like Twilight vampires. They just do whatever they want. Uh, I don't understand that reference. The what kind of vampires? Twilight vampires. No, I don't know. Never heard of it. Um, you're gonna have to think um, of you know reference. I'm, I understand. I'm, I'm sorry, John. I'm daywalkers. Which I don't, true I don't. blood vampire would they be? All oh, of them. Shit. They're was having there, a party. One, there was one that could go outside during the day. Fuck. What? Which was his name? You talking I about true, true blood, blood or Buffy? I, know I think Buffy... in True Blood, a character drank the blood of the original vampire and then became super powerful. Oh, no, 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 but... no. The, you, you have to drink the blood of a fairy, and then you can go yeah, out and yeah. That's what it was. True Blood. Snooki <laughs> was a fucking fairy. <laughs> oh, what a show. You know, sex and so vampires. Good. What a combo. Um, but none of that happened on Buffy. So, you know, keep going, John. Keep telling uh, us about uh, this game. Uh, What's it, David? As the, only here. as the only person who's, like, watched all of Buffy, everybody keeps saying these things. Like, that, I, mm, mm, mm. Okay, fine. Tits and vampires didn't happen on Buffy. No. Okay, well, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, HBO has a power over people. They show dicks, um, too. No, tits have yeah. power over people. Uh, yeah. Uh, so anyway, uh, David seems like he's just, you know, dying to tell us about something related to this game. So, John, I think four. you're on <laughs> No, I, I was just going to mention, because John was going about the first, being like the first vampire. It's like, well, the first is more this incorporeal, like, concept of evil. It's like the first evil in existence and not necessarily mm. vampire. So, like, it goes through and it possesses people to talk, because... You don't actually ever see it. It's just kind of like the abstract concept of evil. Mm. So that's one of the things that like Buffy had an issue with, um, which happens in like serialized fiction, where every season they have to keep upping themselves. So like the first time it was this evil vampire, and then it became like the vampire who's stronger, and then eventually she fights a god, and then the last season you fight the first, that's which is like. The concept of evil, which is... I'm glad they didn't get a season after that, although they did continue the story in, like, comics and whatnot, because when you fight evil as a concept, where do you go from there? Like, you can't really top that. I think you go to Final Fantasy X 2 after that. <laughs> uh, so, I'm not really sure where that goes as a TV show. Um, like, they could have went just like, how about next season 
three vampires, you know, instead of just one, you know. <laughs> the essence of then, three evils. What do you think about maybe that? Maybe well, a vampire and a robot, you know. If, oh, if I remember, man. like, the first season is, like, vampire lord. I think the second is... Is it the second season where they bring in Spike? Or maybe that's third. Anyhow, they do, like, up, up slowly, and then by season five, I think it's Glory, who's a god. And then, like, they continue on. At some point, she does fight a genetic government experiment thing that's kind of like Robot Frankenstein, but in the army, sort of. (laughs) I remember that part. Frankenstein joins the army. Yeah, and see, you know, somewhere there's a serious hardcore Buffy fan listening to the show going, no, that's accurate. Yeah. Yeah, that serious yeah. hardcore Buffy fan is Danielle. She, um, that's how I know about the show is I've sort of like osmosis it, you know, from like just being around while she's watching it. And, um, yeah, yeah, everything you're saying sounds pretty right to me. Uh, and then fun fact was, you know, I was going over this game with her last night and she was looking over some of the plot points of the game. She's like, this doesn't make sense. Like, one of the boss battles is you have to fight Giles. She's like, why would you ever fight Giles? Like, you never Wait, gets... what? Michael? Yeah, you have, to, you have to fight they Giles can't... at some point. Ah. Hmm. Giles being, yeah. for those not that know, Giles is Buffy's mentor. He's like the, the stiff British guy who starts off as a school librarian, like, teaching her, and then he quits his job and then gets a job where he runs a shop that sells, like, ancient books. So he's basically a librarian, just not at the school anymore. It's a Mr. Feeney kind of situation. Like, he really shouldn't be there anymore, but they just keep finding excuses for him to stick around. He's so damn charming, though. Um, yeah, man. Wow. Uh, I'm... I don't know, maybe I, I just know better than to pick apart the logic of video games that are based on movies or TV shows as, like, not keeping in line with them. <laughs> so, uh, the, you know, that's, uh, that's the nittiest of picks. <laughs> it's like, well, that doesn't make any sense. No, it doesn't have to make any sense, because it's a video game version of something. Like, the video game version of Spider-Man 2 has a lot more stuff in it than the actual movie, because the movie took two hours to, you know, watch. And the game takes a little bit longer. Same thing with uh, with the uh, video games of Buffy. Granted, we I guess a- the show stretches out for several seasons, so they could have just made you watch all five seasons of Buffy and called it a video game, but that wouldn't have been see, very much fun to play, so... Like, I see your point, John, about like, oh, well, you know, Spider-Man 2 is only two hours long and they gotta cram more stuff into that. It's like, okay, but imagine if there was a scene in Spider-Man 2, the video game, where you had a boss fight against Aunt May. That's yeah. basically like oh, what this is—the comparison part of like, it's like, why, why, what, why? why? That's awesome. I would love to have that fight Aunt you. May and for Aunt May to kick my ass. <laughs> that would be great. Have a mo-capped Rosemary Harris just beat the shit out of you. Yeah, no, frankly, I'm fine with that. That's the thing. Video games are like, you know, they're they're free play, man. You, it's just, you know, open creative space. You do what you you do what you can with that. It's fine. So. I don't know. I don't, I don't think anybody, uh, anything's off limits when it comes to making the fourth Buffy the Vampire Slayer uh, TV series adaptation game. I like, do you know, like... Just do whatever the fuck you want at that point. <laughs> I do like these multiplayer modes. You have survival, you know, player-on-player combat. You have domination. A player must uh, compete to control magical pentagram- pentagrams around the map. You have Slayer Challenge. A player must defeat as many enemies as possible. And then finally, uh, the final gameplay mode, Bunny Catcher. Players run around collecting rabbits. Oh, that's hilarious. Is it? Okay, as the bigger Buffy fan, they've explained to me why this is funny. Uh. They're 
Eventually, they add in a character who's a like a reformed demon, and as a demon, like she obviously hangs out with evil people and like is used to fire and torture. And for some reason, she's terrified of bunnies. Oh, okay. So holy that's grail. actually like that's yeah, holy grail bunnies ain't nothing to fuck with. Um, that's actually yeah, that's a really cool reference. There's a Halloween episode where everybody dresses up and everything, and she comes in in a bunny costume, and they just stare at her. She's like, what? You said to dress up as something scary. Bunnies terrify me. Nobody else seems to be amused about Buffy the Vampire Slaver trivia, so... Just about 20 years too late for me. Um, Johnny, anything else on Buffy at all? Nope. uh, (laughs) That's all I got. (laughs) Yeah. Interesting selection. This uh, this is reminiscent of David's selection on our first TV episode of Xena Warrior Princess, but you're not actually a fan of Buffy, so I don't know what to, like what to make of this pick. Like, oh, 90s TV being adapted into early 2000s games. You Am know, I not a, a fan? To be alive. Or do you just not know that I'm a fan? That, you know, you could be the worst. I don't think fan he's willing to accept your fandom. Yeah. <laughs> the least knowledgeable and least enthusiastic Buffy fan in the world. That could be John Regan. So uh, we'll just add that to his growing list of titles. And, I feel like uh, I feel like being the worst fan of something is way more fun than being an anti fan of something. Like, yeah, exactly. It's way yeah, more fun so. to half-assedly like something than to say things. Yeah. Right, yeah, I agree yeah, show. wholeheartedly. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, unless there's something else, Johnny, uh, you know, change the channel. All right. Game four. Thank you. 
So, for various reasons, only two of the performers from the original show reprised their roles for this game, though thankfully that resulted in voices for 12 different characters. So, how are you guys feeling? Pretty good. Um, wonderful, wonderful music. Wow, Johnny's so quick with the answer, says the love boat, and he's wrong. Aww. I feel... Uh, <sighs> I think I know the series, I just can't figure out the title. Now that's interesting. It's not the love boat. It is not. Yeah, Johnny's thanks. established that. Uh, Jesse says Game of Thrones, which is also sadly incorrect. <laughs> but man, Sorry, it sounds now. like it. Same music. <laughs> Here comes David. And David says Muppets movie adventure. Uh, he got one word right. He got Muppets right. Uh, this is Muppets Party Cruise for the GameCube and PlayStation 2. See ya. That is our new anti-hat-trick sound for now and ever. Uh, <laughs> See, when you gave the trivia, Lord. it was like, this sounds like it's either like Sesame Street or The Muppets. I'm guessing The Muppets. It's probably The Muppet Video Game. And I looked it up. I was like, Jesus, there's a lot of these. They have made a lot of Muppet games. <laughs> I thought maybe as you were looking down a list of Muppet games, you would take in all the uh, the island rhythms of that and you know land on Muppet Party Cruise. Um, I looked for what it, was like arguably the most recent one because I figured that had the most voice acting in it. Ah, no. See, that's the, you know that's the thing. You don't need the most recent one because more people have probably died. Uh, but you need the one from 2003 that still had uh, the original guy who played Gonzo and uh, what's his name, Jerry Nelson, who played uh, Floyd Pepper and Dr. Julius Strangepork and Lou Zealand and Crazy Harry. You know, who has sadly passed away since then. 
Uh, everybody else from the original show, surprisingly, the Muppet Show, which premiered in like you know whatever 1974 or so, none of the you know nobody else wanted to tur- uh, turn up in 2003 to give their voices to the Muppets version of Mario Party. I mean, what the hell? What was Frank Oz so busy doing in 2003? I was uh, about to say they could get Frank Oz. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Man, I mean, I think he was busy doing voice work for, uh, he was just doing a bunch of grunts for a rapidly flipping through the air Yoda for episode two. So, you know, no, he was pretty damn busy with important, important voice work. Um, but yeah, man, it's, uh, it's Muppets Party Cruise, and I'm betting that John Regan played this one front to back. This has John Regan written all over it. He's the Muppet Man. I say that to mean he's, he's actually several Muppets, like, hiding under a giant trench coat right now, isn't he? That's been the secret the whole time. He's Muppet Man. That's why he's so bad at the show. He can't coordinate his hands. <laughs> <laughs> it's a free play! <laughs> <laughs> okay, before the night is over, we will all exit the show as Kermit the Frog. Um, but yeah, this uh, so yeah, this is the Muppets Mario Party. Um, and it, it looks really goddamn fun. I'm sure that it's not very fun. Just because, you know, it's a party game and it's like, I don't know, man, there's a lot going on. But, like, I think I would have loved this game if I had gotten a chance to play it just on, it would have gotten by on Muppet Charm for me. I fucking love the Muppets. And uh, putting them all on a cruise ship and uh, having Gonzo buy the wrong tickets so they end up uh, down in, like, the steam deck or whatever in in, like, the steerage section. And they have to party their way up to the top. That's a great framing device for a party game. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, you, it's a uh, it's a it's a Muppets board game. You move around the board, but it's not like Mario Party boards. It's not like you know just a linear board. It's like a grid. It's like a uh, it's it's like Clue. Um, you move around like a certain number of spaces, and you try to enter doors. And when you open the door, there's different colored doors around, and that determines uh, you're trying to get like party favors that match the color of the door so you're trying to get a matching set of party favors by completing doors uh of certain colors and you do fun mini games as the muppets uh it's just See, I, uh, I was just thinking like it, it's like mario party but it's more like clue so somebody bashes mish piggy to death with a candlestick i mean i'd be in favor of that i was just i was God. more comparing <laughs> the setup of the board <laughs> but I'm, I'm just thinking about how like i feel like playing this game is more effort into putting into throwing a party than i put into throwing parties like yeah you're talking about yeah. having all this color coordination with the decorations and the doors like when i throw oh, yeah. parties like there's a cooler there's beers <laughs> done yeah no i mean seriously whoever whoever made this game <laughs> didn't half-ass it they threw every mechanic they could think of at the wall and applied it all to a Muppet party game. Like, you have to move around, uh, like, a grid a certain number of spaces. Instead of hitting a dice block like you do in Mario Party, a small pachinko machine comes up, and it shoots a ball, and wherever it lands is numbered, and that's how many spaces you get to move. Oh, it's a Konami game. (laughs) Almost. (laughs) (laughs) You know, Konami crazy Muppets. Um, And then you have to move, and you have to get, like, you have to pick up, like, tokens along the way. And then you, when you enter a door, it triggers a four-player minigame. And the tokens can be used to bet on yourself. Or not, no, not to bet, but to, uh, to like, bluff up your score at the end. You can give yourself more points right off the bat if you think you're going to do poorly at the game. 
and then you play the game and whoever wins gets the party favor and collecting a color coordinated set party favors moves you on to the next board bada bing bada boom muppets party cruise uh nothing is terribly awesome about this game besides the fact that it's got you know it's like gamecube and playstation era and the muppets look you know kind of cute though it's very unsettling watching uh the fucking Muppets move without being puppets. Like, you know, GameCube era Muppets, like, just wobbling around on their big wobbly long legs is very odd to me. I kind of wish there was a way to, that they could have made this where all the Muppets were moving, like, you know, the way they were on the Muppet show. Like, you only saw them from a certain, you know, waist up. Well, what if you could see the Muppeteers, too? That'd be weird. See, that'd be great, man. I mean, if you pull out the camera too far, and oh, look, uh, you know, Kevin Clash right there playing a Mario Party cruise. Like, <laughs> that's weird. Why would they put him in specifically? Uh, I don't I don't remember if it's the Muppet movie or if it's, you know, it might be the great Muppet caper. One of the early Muppet movies, they have a scene of them riding bicycles. That's which great I Muppet get caper, is, and it's fucking awesome. <laughs> to say which i get is super impressive on a technical level but i remember watching that as a kid and being like they have legs i don't know how to feel about this like right exactly it's like okay cool but like and like you said very technically impressive on a puppetry level but also very odd seeing kermit's feet like pump on a bicycle and it's just like i don't know man it's like the um the you only ever see movies. a Muppet's feet when they've been thrown and they're flying across the screen. You're not supposed to, like, just see the feet. <laughs> it's like the newer Muppet movies where they go in and digitally, like, delete the s- sticks that hold up their arms. Like, I, yeah. I get that they're supposed to move on their own will, but they're puppets. That's the whole point. Like, Still you're supposed puppets. to know that it's like, I, mm, something yeah. about this feels weird. It would have been pretty great if, like, the, as part of the presentation of this game, you could see the whole body, but, like, their arms still moved on sticks. Like, that'd be pretty good. But, uh, yeah, man, it's just super cute. You get to play as Kermit or Fozzie or Gonzo or Animal or Miss Piggy or, I think, Pepe. And, uh, you know, it's just a, it's a Muppets game set on a fucking cruise ship, and it's got Mario Party-style minigames. I mean, like, you know, the games are pretty simple. It's like, you know, uh... Like and actually, the, the fun thing that I think about the games is each one's hosted by a different character. So like you know, like uh, Bunsen Honeydew puts you in a shrinking machine, and you have to like blast small things inside of like a like a you know lab. And then like Gonzo's thing involves cannons. Uh, the Swedish chef, you have to like throw tomatoes at each other. Uh, like you know, they they put some some thought into some of it. Others, it's like, okay, yeah, Pepe's thing, like, it's basically, like, Hungry Hungry Hippos. Sure, why not? Uh, one of them, you just ride dune buggies. Like, <laughs> and even in, like, the descriptions, some of them are, like, just kind of half-assed. It's like, uh, what was the one? There was, like, Kermit hosts a game where you have, like, you're sliding down a, uh, like, a water slide or something. And the description just says, Okay, so this is a blast. We've got water and emeralds and dynamite. So slide on the water and pick up the emeralds and don't get blown up by dynamite. I'm like, that's not that's not really Kermit's bag. That's more of a crazy hairy game. I don't know, man. Like, <laughs> but uh, it's uh, it's pretty cute. And the other part of me, that you know, I like that it's on a cruise ship, but I kind of wish it could have taken place more in the Muppet Studio like or the Muppet Theater. Like, I love that setting, and I think it, uh, you know, you could have just kept raising the curtains on different minigames, you know? Like, <laughs> it's just a yeah, different game each perfect. time. Only one of the minigames that I could see took place in the Muppet Theater. <laughs> it's just like, man, 
This whole thing should have been the Muppet Theater, man. Like, I don't know how you make a board game out of it, but, like, it makes sense for, like, just imagine, like, if the they did a Muppets WarioWare game where, like, the curtain just keeps rising on different Muppet micro games. Muppet micro games is perfect alliteration for a fucking game. <laughs> like, uh, wow. That's yeah. I just, all just imagine, I like, wanted now. Yeah, just like I just WarioWare came up with my have, favorite like, thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> the four little things at the bottom that like indicate your lives or whatever they're just little kermits and when you make when you win it they all like ah! yeah <laughs> i'm just trying to picture all the weird things i mean and that's the other thing the muppet show is so weird that it would lend itself perfectly to a uh, more muppet show themed game i mean like you know there's just been so much weird shit over the years that like the party cruise is nice but like how about a mini game based on Hugga Wugga, or you know, Ga uh, Gonzo and the Dancing Cheese somehow, or just I don't know, like there's there's pigs a in space, pigs in space. Yes, I mean, you know, I, I think Doctor, uh, I think Julius Strangepork introduces the space game in this one, so they've at least got that, or yeah, uh, Strangepork and what's the name, Link Hogthrob. Uh, there, so those guys present the space game. An unlockable shmup set in space that's pigs in space yes that needs absolutely. to happen you know I, I and uh, just like <laughs> i want to have a game where you put the disc in the console and it's just like five minutes long and it's just kermit the frog singing rainbow connection and that's the end of the game <laughs> <laughs> it just leaves that's so all you want stuff YouTube. for a while Thank you for your sixty dollars. Uh, as you know, part of the part of the game for Muppets Party Cruise, though, you do unlock like little Muppet vignettes, like just you know little like thirty second clips. I think they call them like Muppetisms or whatever. And it's just you know they got little like Muppet you know character videos for everybody, which is pretty sweet. And it's got a uh, movie trailer on disc for It's a Very Muppet Christmas, the uh, made for TV and then released on VHS Muppet Christmas special. So it's a full pack here people Muppets Party Cruise it's, uh, it's got everything you want um, and uh, yeah and, every, and then everything you don't want like Muppets feet and moving independently of a puppeteer so uh, yeah I don't know I, th I wish now that Disney owned this that they would bring back the Muppets and make some fun games and like fun Muppet content but I know that's not what they do Disney just makes Marvel movies now and you know I mean and Star Wars get the movies and Star Wars movies, yes. So, you know, I guess I'm hoping that for, like, Infinity War Part 2, maybe Kermit factors into it in some way. Like, I, I don't really know how. Like, oh, I know, you know how. Thanos tries to do something, then, like, Animal turns up and, like, starts drumming on him and distracts him. Like, that'd be pretty great. Can we, Thanos Can we please get Thanos Bruce Banner trying to turn into the Hulk and instead turns into Animal? Yes. Oh, man. Or Animal is just the one that convinces Bruce Banner to cut loose and turn back into the Hulk. <laughs> yeah. And then Comet is like, it's not easy being green. <laughs> yeah, Hulk just says, yeah, me no. Thanos yeah. shows up. He stares at Kermit for a moment. Kermit stares back. Kermit pulls out his guitar. Kermit starts yeah. playing Rainbow Connection. Kermit Thanos plays a banjo, you fucking asshole. Whatever. Oh, you ruined the whole thing. He pulls out the thing. banjo. He plays Rainbow Connection. <laughs> Thanos undoes the snap. Yeah, Thanos <laughs> just opens his hand and everybody comes back. Like, I've got your rainbow connection right here. <laughs> Look at these stones. <laughs> Poof. Um, bef uh, before would, uh... we move on, since we broached the subject, I'm just personally curious. Can we go around and name our favorite Muppet? I will Ooh. go first. 
if if everyone wants extra time to think on it. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, my favorite is actually Sam the Eagle. That's an interesting choice. It makes sense. Um, sure. Uh, Johnny, what about you, man? What's your, who's your favorite Muppet? Oh, man, I really love the chickens. Yes. Just collect That's an excellent choice as well. <laughs> <laughs> Jesse, what about you, man? I've always been a Rolf guy. Yeah, oh, Rolf is great. And, you know, for me, I mean, it's it's like a cheat to say there's too many to name, but, like, it's somewhere between, like, Kermit and Gonzo and Crazy Harry. I have always found Crazy Harry hilarious. There's something about the, the look that a puppeteer makes when they take a Muppet and they turn it directly to the camera and then they, like, shake its head up, up and down to do the laughing motion that just tickled little me. You know, Muppet's face-shaking laughing motion just, like, gets right to my soul. So Crazy Harry was always good for that. And then he would hit the plunger and blow everything up. <laughs> so. Honorable mention, Dr. Teeth. Oh, man, I love yeah. the whole band. You know, the whole band's great. Uh, I mean, that's the thing. I, we could go around and just, you know, just name all the great Muppets. So that's uh, look forward to that on our Patreon-exclusive Game That Tune post-show. Uh, Muppet, Muppet Draft. Tune. You know, no, dude, not Mu- even- Muppet Fantasy Draft! Yes! No, Let's not a do draft, it! <laughs> not even a discussion. It's literally just ten minutes of us going around naming all of the Muppets. <laughs> yeah. And that's oh, it. Yeah, just I love Sam the Eagle. Oh. All right, Johnny. Roll. Mm, yes. All right, mm. Kermit the Frog. Bunsen Honeydew, motherfucker, yeah. <laughs> it's just 10 minutes of me listening to Rainbow Connection and sobbing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, God, it's it's really, a good... That song really gets me in the feels every time. Like, oh, Yeah, man. We should, really, we should really do that, but instead of, like, having Rainbow Connection playing in the background, <laughs> it's literally just 10 minutes of you sobbing. <laughs> yes. That's, yeah, exactly. We don't get the Rainbow Connection audio. We just get Johnny sobbing. So yeah, that's uh, not yeah. copyright infringement. That's worth it. <laughs> but yeah, so tune into our Patreon for when we draft uh, the ultimate American Gladiators Muppet roster uh, following this show. And uh, Johnny, let's just uh, let's keep it going, man. Game five.
so this game was uh, praised for the sound effects and their successful emulation of the TV show, but it was criticized because of the slow pace and there were some times that were kind of boring. But overall, they said that this game was a must-have for fans of the show. How you guys feeling? Mm. Okay. Mm. Wait one mm. sec. I just thought better of my answer. I'm gonna change it. Ooh. Because I said the Flintstones. Because so, I was pissed. Oh, that's didn't want. That's it. definitely not it. I'll just go ahead and say that. Change your answers, everyone. But uh, yeah, this is a pretty cool game. This game has a lot of cool ideas. The execution is spotty. Uh, I don't care. It's a better guess. uh, Okay, uh, let's see them, guys. Oof. Oof. Okay, we got uh, John says Spider-Man, the animated series. Wrong. David says Gargoyles. Wrong. And Johnny says Echo the Show, which is also wrong. No, uh, this is uh, Star Trek The Next Generation Echoes of Time. Oh, shit. Well, what a so what a game and show. (laughs) (laughs) 
so this game, uh, it's it's like I said, it has a lot of cool ideas. It starts off and with a card right there, a digitized Patrick Stewart, and he looks so cool on the Sega Genesis. And um, basically, uh, the Romulans are like, "Hey, a sh- one of our ships went missing. We don't know what's going on. Just so happens it's in the neutral zone." And mm-hmm. so the Federation's like, "Hey, well, we'll help you." And they're like, "Nah, we're good." <laughs> and so then finally, they're like. Um, so that missing ship might actually be in Federation space. So we're going to come into Federation space for a little bit, if that's cool with you guys. And the Federation's like, nah, that's not really cool. So we're going to send the Enterprise to go see what's up. <clears throat> and so what's cool is like, when you're playing, you have, you're in the bridge of the Enterprise. And so like, you get to see like the big view screen and you get to move around the ship. And like each little part of the ship is like a, a different menu and so, like, you can go, like, to the comm and, and talk to whoever's in front of you or the planet that's in front of you. Or you can uh, go uh, go down to chart where you want to go. And from there, you can change, like, your warp and stuff. And, like, you can go at, like, unsafe warp levels. It'll tell you. You'll be like, oh, that's way too fast. And you can still do it, and it'll just mess up your engines a little bit. And nice. so, like, you can go, like, down to engineering and... And there's like all these meters you can move to like adjust your ship's engines and weapons and stuff like that. So then when you get to like planets, you get to select a w- an away team. And there's a lot of characters. Like you get all the, like the main characters from the show, but then they have like a bunch of like like jobbers that I've never heard of. And I'm like, you know, you could have easily given like a spot to like Barclay or Ensign Row or something. But nope, it's just some like people you've never heard of. Are the people you've never heard of are they red shirts? Um, well, they'd be uh, yellow shirts, but pretty much. Or yeah, I was gonna say, wait, yeah, which one's the one that dies all the time? <laughs> well, the joke is red shirts, but that was only in the, the original series, and okay. since they kind of swapped the colors, and yellow is like your regular old ops or security person. Gotcha. <clears throat> I was yeah, that, I was making my one Star Trek yeah. reference that I could maybe make. I'm like, red shirts are cannon fodder, yes. Pretty much. Sure. Yeah. Good, good, good. <laughs> but so then like um, you get to beam down on the planet and it's kinda like almost RPG like action RPG, which is like like that's a great idea, but fucking like the first the first time you beam down, there's these Romulans and they just fuck your shit up. And like it's not exactly clear like how to switch from like using your tricorder to your phaser and stuff um and like the enemies are just relentless like it is a very very difficult game especially up front um there's also like space battles and stuff too like so this game like like i said has a lot of great ideas and i think we need a game like this but now like like come on like bioware fuck fuck mass effect you fucked it up let's uh make a star trek game come on guys it's a good idea i think they should i don't know why star trek isn't a game right now like i mean you know they had to have made some star trek games recently it seems like kind of thing they would at least make like a telltale series out of like well there is star trek online which is a free-to-play mmo and it's actually pretty fucking good i like you can play it and not spend any money, and uh, like the ships are great. Um, like the ship combat is super fun. 
You just fly around fucking up Romulans and stuff. It's fun. And then you yeah. can go down on like away missions with like your own crew. Like you don't have to play with other people. You don't have to deal with that kind of mess. Uh, but that game, yeah, it's pretty fun if you're interested in Star Trek. And they have a lot of like lore and stuff that's like canon. And you get to like run into like uh, um, like people from the show. You get to run into them with uh, these new episode packs that are like based around going to Deep Space Nine and the Dominion and stuff, which is really cool. Sweet. I So I guess I... Did I misjudge? I, doesn't David watch Star Trek, I think? Um... My <laughs> wife is super into Star Trek. I've seen some, but I'm not like... I've seen some of The Next Generation, and I've wanted to watch more of the one with Scott Bakula just because it has Scott Bakula, and I like oh, to imagine that he's still Prime. leaping through time. Mm. Um, yeah, he's leapt into Star Trek. Yeah, <laughs> he's stuck exactly. there for a while. <laughs> yep. Quantum I feel like leap Star Trek crossover. I feel like this whole episode has ended up being like, you know, everybody pleading with someone like the rest of us, like, "Don't you like this? I thought we all liked this. <laughs> like, I thought you guys loved Muppets. Don't we like Buffy and Star Trek too?" And it's like, I think the only thing we could agree on was American Gladiators. <laughs> like, no, we, we all agreed all on the Muppets. Muppets. Okay, good. And and Fester, we all love Fester. Fester, with uh, sorry, I couldn't say the monsters was better. Couldn't get it out. <laughs> Fester Potential with episode title: We all love American Gladiators and the Muppets. Yeah, I mean that's just that's going on the like the new you know like bio on iTunes. Game <laughs> 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 that tune podcast. We all love American Gladiator and the Muppets. <laughs> Well, I have to click that. <laughs> right? <laughs> I was searching for Muppet Podcast, and I found Game That Tune. It doesn't seem to be related at all, but I like it. They don't even talk uh, Muppets until an hour in. What the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> and just in that one episode, there's hundreds of them. <laughs> so, I yeah, mean, man. I've, I've watched Star Trek The Next Generation. I've enjoyed Star Trek, but I was, I was always more of a Star Wars person than a Star Trek person. Word weren't we all you can't really compare them they aren't good they're uh, incomparable no but people like to compare them and you know it's it's an easy it's comparison culture. to make it's, because there's that word you, they share and nothing yeah. else <laughs> you can't be happy unless you objectively quantify something is better than something else so yeah you know uh, you know what i like better than star trek star crunch um it's delicious it's got rice krispies uh, a little bit of chocolate um you know, it's it's what I like. I you know, Star Trek's good, and it's its own thing. But I like Star Crunch better. Um, trying to think of other things that are you know com- comparable to Star Trek, just because of the shared name. Um, I like the Alaskan Trek. Yes, exactly. Uh, uh, what do you like, Star Trek or Star Search? Ooh, see, I was you know ooh. I was a big Star Search fan back in the day. Like, yeah, you got me, uh, man. I would. I would have to give it to Star Trek because you have more like consistent levels of entertainment. Whereas sometimes Star Trek Search is great, sometimes it's really not. And Two and a half stars. <laughs> <laughs> what if Star Trek came back at some point with Ed McMahon in the you know in the captain's chambers criticizing and rating oh, everything God. they do on a scale of like one to five stars I th- or four stars? I think that'd be pretty good. Like. 
Yeah. See, no, I would ra- I would rather have like Star Search, but starring Star Trek characters. So also like, good. Kirk comes out doing like a wrestling routine. Picard comes out reciting Shakespearean poetry. Yeah, come to think of it, how come there wasn't a Star Trek uh, like Next Generation or whatever episode that crossed over with Star Search in some way, where the Star Trek crew has been searching throughout the galaxy, throughout the stars, the universe, for stars to be on like Star Search. I mean, like. It writes itself. It's just like that episode of Family Matters where they, ha- where Carl and Steve had to settle it on American Gladiators. It writes itself. Like, I love you- how you're bringing it back to the earlier games in the episode. Yeah, the Family Matters game was the shit. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying, there was always a chance for a really crazy TV crossover, and uh, Star Trek and Star Search might have missed the uh, might have missed the boat on that. Um, but it's all right, man. Um, I I would love to help you figure this out, but damn it, man! I'm a doctor, not a writer. <laughs> I'm a podcast host, not a writer. Uh, that means I don't really do anything very well. Um, but yeah, so Jesse, anything else on Star Trek or uh, Next Generation, or you know, do we want to make Johnny like put him on the spot and make him name his favorite Star Trek characters? Uh, Ooh, please. Yeah, you know, Johnny. Either yeah, do that. either name your five favorite Star Trek characters. Or hit the lightning round sound so we can settle tonight's episode. Lightning round! So naturally, we've finished game five, and there's a two-way tie between our previous two winners and uh, John Regan bringing up the rear. So we got to settle this, uh, you know, the only way possible, and not by just giving Johnny the win, but by having a fantastic lightning round. Now, uh, you know, we all are huge fans of American Gladiators, uh, and, I'm, you know, we, uh, we watched every season of it, we, we know every Gladiator by heart, so this, uh, this lightning round should be a piece of cake. I have a list of 15 names, and I need you guys to tell me whether or not they were actually American Gladiators. Okay. So, yeah. Uh, Is it between all three of us, or just Jesse and I? Uh, it's between all three of you because Johnny needs a chance okay. to win. <laughs> okay. You know, fair and square, not Johnny compensation style. Um, so, <laughs> with that in mind, we are going to start with Johnny. Uh, was this person an American gladiator or not? Thunder. Yes, he was. That's correct. All right, we're going to go to David. Blast. No. That is also correct. Blast was made up. Jesse. Texas. <laughs> uh, no. That's correct. There was an American Gladiator at one point named Dallas, but not Texas. <laughs> Texas would be so sweet. That would be so good. Just uh, imagine, like, Blast. Lace. Texas. <laughs> With a giant cowboy head. Hell yeah. All right. Anytime, <laughs> anytime you're against him, it's all don't mess with Texas. <laughs> Told you not to mess with him. <laughs> back to Johnny. Bold. That's bold. Yeah. B-O-L-D. I bet they're a gladiator, yeah. That is incorrect. Nah. <laughs> okay. David. Italic. Havoc. No. 
Oh man, that is incorrect. Havoc was an American gladiator. Really? Yeah. Shit. Jesse. Venom. No. Oh, also incorrect. Venom was totally an American gladiator. On God, the, uh, he's such it, a sweet crossover. Yeah, it would. Alright, Johnny. Monarch. Yes, I bet they're a gladiator. No, they're not. <laughs> they should be. Uh, they really should be. That was, you know, I, I, I took some care to make these names up. <laughs> All right, David, back to you. Fist. Uh, I, I have to say, are we talking about the original or 2008? Both. <laughs> Shit. Um, I know. Fist That's how we got Venom a, in gonna, here. <laughs> I'm going to say no. Uh, that's correct. Venom was not... Or, I'm sorry. Fist was made up. <laughs> All right, Jesse. Wolf. No. I'm sorry. That's incorrect. Wolf was the best new gladiator on the 2008 series. Um, Johnny. Snake. Yeah, I bet they're real. God damn, you're bad at this. No. Ah. Snake was made up. <laughs> David. <laughs> Mayhem. That's gotta be a gladiator. It totally is. <laughs> uh, not just an insurance mascot. <laughs> Jesse. Cyclone. Oh yeah, he totally is. Yes, Cyclone is absolutely real. <laughs> Johnny. Crunch. <laughs> I'm gonna say no on that one. That's yeah, you're right. Is he a captain. <laughs> it's the laughs that kill me because even if they're real, they're still hilarious. <laughs> crunch, crunch. Uh, sorry, <laughs> sounds like a caveman. <laughs> <laughs> the caveman gladiator. Uh, all right, David. Last, last one. That was Johnny's last one. So, David's last chance. Panther. <laughs> I'm gonna say yes, yes. You're correct. Panther was part of the 2008 revival. <laughs> and finally, Jesse, tank. Oh, he's gotta be. Absolutely, tank is real. So that's the end of the lightning round. And uh, you know, Johnny, start that calculating computer. All right. Thanks. Calculating computer activated. You hear that like balloons, the aerobic sound? Like Oops. Scoring complete. This game's winner is David Fleming. Yes, David, you got four correct in the lightning round to Jesse's three and Johnny's miserable two. So, uh, you are tonight's winner, and, uh, you know, I'm crowning you Ultimate American Gladiators fan. Uh, so, fantastic episode. You may now give yourself can... an American Gladiators-style nickname and pick the theme for the next oh. episode. <laughs> Good That's crunch. what I was hoping. Crunch. Crunch. Do I get to... Do I get to be an American gladiator now? Uh, um, just pick a cereal. <laughs> Lucky Charms. Or a laundry detergent. <laughs> Tie. No, I think I'm gonna go with I think I'm gonna go with um 
a, a deadly animal name. Um, I think I'm going to choose to be Gator. Ooh, he's the Florida man. I like it. Yeah, now that we've got that out of the way, Gator, what is the theme for the next episode? So I'm just thinking, uh, brand new breaking news at the time of this recording. Sony is releasing the PS1 Classic, so how about games from the PlayStation 1? Well, well, well. What a timely, timely theme. I, uh, I like it. I love it, and I'm not going to support Sony's uh, decision to make that console, but it's going to be a great episode next week, man. So yeah, fantastic. I think there's a couple thousand games to pick from on the PlayStation 1, so uh, yeah, that's going to be a great theme and a fantastic episode. Thank you, David. Great, uh, Thank you, Gator. Great pick. And uh, yeah, thanks to everybody who's been watching along live with us. We've had a great show, great time. Uh, we're live every Wednesday night. Uh, 9 p.m. Eastern, twitch.tv slash game that tune, youtube.com slash game that tune, and facebook.com slash game that tune. We always appreciate you guys showing up, chatting along with us, having a great time. Uh, thank you to everybody listening in podcast form. Uh, we're available Wednesday mornings on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. So download us there and, I don't know, leave us a review or something or just listen to it because I think it sounds pretty good. Um, and thank you for everybody that checks out our Patreon page. We're over at patreon.com slash game that tune coming up with fun, awesome stuff. We're going to do a Muppets American Gladiators fantasy draft. We're going to do all kinds of crazy shit involving the Super Mario Brothers movie, I think. Uh, but more accurately, uh, we make mixtapes. We make uh, GTT Gems. It's our other uh, video game music podcast. Jesse makes his Covered Up series where he plays video game music cover bands and remixers. And uh, we use the money to fund our 24-7 video game music live stream. So, uh, you know, check out patreon.com slash game that tune. Throw us a couple of bucks. We'd really appreciate it. Special thanks to our super fan, uh, super fan producers over at Patreon, Alex Messenger and Lance Revere. You guys are fantastic and keep up the great work and support of the show. Uh, thank you to uh, fellow nerd podcast, the No Time for Time Travel podcast, for the request tonight. They hit us up on Twitter, which you can too. We're at Game That Tune. You can email us your requests, gamethattune at gmail.com. You can find us at our website, gamethattune.com, and pull up our Discord server. Join us there, make requests, follow on our Facebook page. Find us anywhere. Uh, we'd be happy to take requests, and uh, we love talking with you guys. So find me on Twitter at jgangsta187. Find John Regan on Twitter at JP Regan JR. Find Jesse Moore on Twitter at Sega underscore legend. And our winner tonight, his name is merely Gator. Find him on Twitter at DFD Fleming. Hell yeah. So Gator, what are we going home with tonight, man? What's the uh, what's the bonus tune that is no longer gonna make sense given your uh, your new theme? Well, I mean, going along with the theme of the PS1 games, I had to go with the classic Final Fantasy VII One-Winged Angel, and certainly not Maple Treeway from Mario Kart 7, or Mario Kart Wii. I like it. So, uh, peace out, everybody.
Fester's Quest is copyright 1989 Sunsoft. American Gladiators is copyright 1991 Incredible Technologies and Game Tech. Buffy the Vampire Slayer Chaos Bleeds is copyright 2003 Vivendi Universal Games. Muppets Party Cruise is copyright 2003 Mass Media Games Incorporated and TDK Media Active Incorporated. Star Trek The Next Generation Echoes from the Past is copyright 1994 Spectrum Holobyte. <laughs> oh wow, the tunes ended fast, huh? Yeah, oh, that sounds pretty quick. That's all good, man. I got I had to pee real bad. <laughs> you didn't have any bottles nearby? <laughs> man, just the one I'm drinking out of. I'm not done with it yet. <laughs> Gotta top it off, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not that into recycling. <laughs> so anyway, I have my answer ready. This is this is what happens when I don't really think of a theme before the show and have to come up with something just in case. Lo and behold, here I am, the winner. How prominent they are, I leave that up to you. Oh, tremendous. Yes. Oh goodness, the puns are gonna be falling off the branches on next week's episode. Mm, I'm not happy with any of this. <laughs> Um, no, that's awesome, well, man. That's all, yeah. up the wrong tree. See? <laughs> God, you know, Johnny, what's that soundboard made of? Like, pine? Uh, yeah, okay, anyway. <laughs> God damn it. Um...